Andrew, going to hand over to you as you share God's word with us. Thank you. Thank you. I want to say thank you so much, Tom, for your welcome and uh, for the invitation to come and share with you at St Christopher's. It's so great to be with you uh, this morning. Obviously, I'd love to be with you uh, in person, but um, on Zoom is, uh, is, is, is good too. And um, I, I love your strap line. I looked on your website and um, just saw said St Christopher's there and then growing together in Christ. And um, I, I think that's fantastic as a as as a mission as a church that that you are looking to really grow together uh, in Christ. And one of the things that I, I hope this morning that as we look at these passages, is that we just start maybe aware a little bit more of um, of of the wider body of Christ that we are growing um, together with. And in this passage. That we just read in 2 Corinthians 4 7. Remember, this is Paul writing to, to the church in Corinth and uh, and telling them uh, when, you, when you think Paul was a persecutor of the church himself at one time, and uh, until that amazing encounter on the road to Damascus where he's decided to follow Jesus and now he is being persecuted for his faith in Jesus. And many times he writes letters to the different churches from prison. And here Paul says this in verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, I don't know what you do with your treasure, the things that are, are, are extremely valuable to you. But um, uh, I, I guess most of us probably it would be the last place that we would put something that's really valuable to us in 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 something uh, that's uh, you know in jars of clay that are potentially quite fragile, um, easily to you know you could easily find that you could easily break that and 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 take out the things that are, that are, are of value. Um, but Jesus, but God chooses to place His treasure, His good news, Jesus Himself through His Spirit inside you and me, so that uh, we, his all-surpassing power, the world can see, comes from God and not from us. And then, and then Paul says this, he says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed. Now, I'm so glad that Paul, when he was writing to the church in Corinth, that he didn't just focus on all the, you know, on, on life being amazing. He focused on the struggle. He was he was he, you know, he was he was able to to tell them that, yeah, I know that you're being hard pressed right now. I know that you might be feeling perplexed. I know that you're being persecuted. Uh, I, I know that you, you may be struck down. And, and, you know, for, for us today, um, going through all the things that we've, that we've been through, it's, it's been a tough year or more, hasn't it? Going with COVID and many of us have, have lost friends and loved ones. And it's been really tough not being able to see people, not being able to greet people, not being able to do church in the way that we had done it before. And it's been hard. It's been difficult. It's been challenging. But, but Paul here writes, he, he uses two words, two very short words four times and uh, those are the words but not but not 
We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. You know, the persecuted church teach us that, but not. They, They have been, they have experienced so much but they are that they're persecuted but they know that they've not been abandoned they know that god is with them because he's promised that he will be till the very end and i want to encourage you at st christopher's this morning that there is a but not for you whatever um whatever trials whatever um struggles or worries or concerns that you're going through right now there is a but not for you and i want to encourage you to, to find that but not so that you can focus on the truth of what God says about the situation that you're going through today. And Paul also writes in in Romans 5, he says, I rejoice in suffering because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope. And and then in in, um, verse 16 of this passage in 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, therefore, do not lose heart. I, I love that. I, and I want to encourage you today in uh, at St. Christopher's, you know, do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And then here's the key. Paul says, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is unseen is temporary. So if what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I think Paul was encouraging the church in Corinth to fix their eyes, to fix their gaze, not on the, not on the situation that they see around them, not on the, the struggles, not on the, um, all, all, the, all the troubles that they're going through, but to, to fix their eyes on what is unseen. The fact that God is there with them, that they, they may not be able to physically with their natural eye see that. And yet he is there with them. And, and I've learned this so many times. I remember having Heiwu over from um, from North Korea, who, who was put in uh, she, she was put in prison in one of the labor camps there and she miraculously escaped. But but she she was able to say it just with the, and so much joy in her face. She was able to just just to tell us how much she knew, even through those toughest and darkest days, that God was with her, that God was sustaining her. And I want to encourage you today that God um, can do that for each each one of us. I'd love just to share with a little bit of time I have left just a few stories of a few people I've met um, from the persecuted church who would just um, just really demonstrate some of this from two Corinthians uh, that Paul was writing. And the first man is a man named Wang Min Dao uh, from from China. I'll try and share a picture uh, of him so that you can uh, so that you can see that. Um, Wang Min Dao um, was he was first put in prison during the as uh, it let me okay yeah yes Pastor Wang Min Dao he was put in in prison um, for being a pastor of a church in China this is during the the um, Cultural Revolution 
in China, and he was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. Uh, and one day, uh, about halfway through this, his sentence, the, one of the officers came to him and, and said, Wamin Dao, if you sign this declaration where you deny your faith in Jesus, we'll release you and you can go free. And uh, he, he was caught in a weak moment. I'm sure he was thinking about his friends, his family, his loved ones that he was missing. And at that point, he thought, I'm going to sign this so I can go and see them. And he signed the confession and uh, he walked out of the prison. And he, as he walked away, he realized that he'd made a terrible mistake. And so he turned around and, and went back to the prison. And, and he said, he said, look, I, 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 I do not sign that declaration. I, I please tear it up. He said, I, I, I'm going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. And they sentenced him to a further 22 and a half years. They put him in solitary confinement where he was completely on his own. And he said he found it really hard because he was an evangelist. He, he, was, he knew that the calling on his life was to tell people about Jesus. And there he was in solitary confinement on his own with no one to share the good news with. And he said one day as he was praying, he heard noises. He could hear other people talking in other cells and realized that the noise was coming through the toilets in his cell, which was not a toilet as we know it, probably just a hole in the ground. And uh, he said that he decided that he was going to preach the gospel down the toilet um, every day. And so he did that for seven years. And he realized that, the, that the, all the pipes, the, the sewage pipes were connected to all the other cells. And so every day for seven years, he preached the good news of Jesus down the toilet. He didn't hear of anything happening, didn't know if, if anyone was even hearing. But uh, uh, seven years later, he was meeting with some, he, they, they, he, took, he was let out of, you know, for, I guess for exercise and air and met with some other people. And he discovered that in those seven years, 96 prisoners chose to follow Jesus chose to give their life to Jesus. I was just incredible as he was uh, sharing this story. He said, I had no Bible, no pulpit, no audience, no pen and paper. I could do nothing except get to know God. And for 20 years, that was the greatest relationship I'd ever known. He said, when I was in the cell, the only thing I was focused on was getting to know Jesus. It was only me and him in that cell. And then he said this, his challenge to us was, you need to build yourself a cell where it's only you and Jesus. He said, the difference for me is I was forced into a cell. But he said, for you, how do you take that time to be with just you and Jesus? And I want to encourage you this morning just to think about that. Where is, when are those moments in our lives when we, we come away from all the distractions and it's just us and Jesus. It may be a chair that you sit on where you know when you're sat there, that's where you read your Bible, you pray and, and, and you can hear God speaking to you. Or, or it might be a, a room in your house or it, you might be like me where actually being out on a walk, going out to the countryside, that's where you are able to connect with God. But wherever it is, I want to encourage you, as Wang Mindell challenged us to do, let's build ourselves a cell where it's just us. And Jesus. I want to take you to, um, oh, I haven't got the pictures of this one, but the uh, country in, uh, I want to take you to India. 
uh, sorry, not to India, to, um, that was what we were speaking about earlier, sorry, to Egypt. And um, in Egypt, uh, the, uh, there's a church there that um, was being, I wonder, I wonder if I have got a picture of it somewhere. No, I haven't. That's a shame. I thought I had it there. Um, there's a church in, 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 uh, in Egypt that um, the, the Muslim Brotherhood actually burnt it down. And the reason they burnt it down is because there was a cross on the top of the church, which was the highest point in in this particular town. And uh, he decided to um, they, they decided to burn it down because they were offended by the cross being the highest point. And he said, as a church, they they um, they decided to uh, after the, it was burnt down, he said, I went to the church building and I called the, the church together. And he said, we were really down and we felt really flat and really low. And obviously we, we had heavy hearts. And he said, we just, we, we're around the ruins of the church. They said, we, we, we didn't know what to do, but the only thing we need to do was to worship. And so that's what they did. They worshiped. He said, as they did, the lightness left them. So the heaviness left, left them and a lightness came so much so that they were able to go out. And on a wall that was remaining on the church building, they wrote the words, we forgive. And as a result of that, there are there are members or they were members of the Muslim Brotherhood who have now decided to follow Jesus because of the forgiveness that they showed to their persecutors. You know, the Bible teaches us doesn't it, to, 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 to uh, forgive those who persecute you, pray for those who persecute you. And, and that's what our brothers and sisters around the world teach us to do so much. And they says, look, please, when we tell you these stories, Please don't let them um, cause you to fear people of other faiths. Please don't let it cause you to have any hatred towards uh, people of other faiths. They say the only way we will ever reach people of other faiths is through loving them and uh, and showing them the love of God. And uh, that's I, I just think that's such an important thing for each of us to remember. The final story I just want to share with you is a man named Bahia from Turkmenistan. Bahia used to be part of uh, Turkmenistan, used to be part of the former Soviet Union. And uh, Bahia, he, he said one day an evangelist from Moscow came to his town and he said he knew that as he was listening to what this man was saying, he followed him around all day and he knew that he was telling the truth. And he said at three o'clock in the morning, he got down on his knees and with tears rolling down his face, he gave his life to Jesus. And he said, I knew the change in me was so dramatic. I knew that I had to tell people the good news of Jesus, even though it's completely illegal to do that in this country. He said he was Christian number seven in Turkmenistan. And he told his friends and his family about Jesus. And, and they, um, they, they became followers of Jesus too. Many of them did. And he planted several churches across Turkmenistan. And he said um, his best friend one day came to him and said, Bahia, you need to stop telling people about Jesus or I'll report you to the police. And he said he knew he meant it and he knew that he would do it. And uh, he, he, he said, how can I stop telling people about Jesus? He's done so much for me. He's given his life for me that I can be free. He said, how can I stop telling people about Jesus? And his friend reported him. He ended up in prison where he was tortured and beaten every day for his faith. He was put in the electric chair five times. Every time he was tortured, his friend was there. And, and he said, but here, I told you, I told you to stop telling people about Jesus, but you wouldn't listen. Every time they said to him, but here, 
if you deny Jesus, we'll stop and we'll set you free. And he, he refused every time to deny Jesus. One day he said an officer um, was beating him so badly that he thought he was going to die. And he said he put the, the officer put his foot inside of his mouth and was pushing his head against the concrete floor. And he said to Bahia, Bahia, this mouth will never speak the name of Jesus again. And then the officer took his foot out of his mouth. And then Bahia looked up at the officer and with a little bit of energy left in his body, he said to him, he said, you can stop me talking about Jesus. But you can never change what Jesus has done in my heart. And with that, about two weeks later, they released Bahia there. I think they gave up on him. And he sought refuge in another country. He now works with Sat7, which is a TV broadcasting company where every day he's able to tell people the good news about Jesus. One day, his best friend, who reported him to the police, called him and said, Bahir, I need to see you. And Bahir said, it's Christmas coming up. Why didn't you come and spend Christmas with me and my family? I mean, talk about forgiveness. So his friend came and spent Christmas with him. And he said, Bahir, my life has fallen apart. He said, I, I, um, I became really ill. He said, I, so much so that I lost my job. He said, I, I became an alcoholic. He said, my wife and, and family, they left me. And he said, the difference between you and me is that when you needed your God, he was there for you. But when I needed my God, he wasn't there. Will you introduce me to your God? And Bahia had the privilege of leading his friend to faith in Jesus. I said to Bahia, that's an incredible story. I said, would you allow me to um, share your story to churches in, in across you know, England and the UK? And he said, yeah, I, of course you can. And he get, let me take this photo of him. But he said, will you make me a promise? And I said, yeah, what's the promise? He said, every time you tell my story, will you tell them this? He said, if I had to go through all that suffering again for Jesus, I would. And then he said, because Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. And friends at St. Christopher's, that's what I want to leave you with this morning. Jesus is worth following. He's worth giving everything for. Let's never give up following Jesus. Amen. Amen. Back to you, Tom.